everyone, and welcome to the New Visionary Podcast, a podcast for artists who are ready to reach greater heights in their art careers. I'm your host, Victoria J. Fry, founder of Visionary Art Collective and New Visionary Magazine. Join me for inspiring conversations with some of the most inspirational visionaries in today's art world. Let's jump in. Hey everyone, and welcome back. Today we have the absolute pleasure of chatting with the amazing Michelle I. Gomez, founder of the Mental Wealth Network. Welcome, Michelle. Thank you so much for having me, Victoria. You're amazing. (laughs) Aw, you are. I'm so happy you're here. And I think I saw a post, you know, on your Instagram a a couple weeks ago that you were open for podcasts. And I was like, oh my gosh, I've got to got to get her in here ASAP because I have been following you for so long and, you know, we've connected over social media over the past few years and you are just doing such amazing work. Like I cannot wait to share all the incredible things you're doing with our listeners today. I usually start by dialing it back a little bit. I know that before you launched the Mental Wealth Network, which I cannot wait to hear about, you you are an artist and you've been an artist your whole life. You also spent many years coaching artists and entrepreneurs. Can you tell us a little bit about your journey there? Yeah. So I'll actually take it way back to post-art school. I graduated with my master's in curatorial practice and I couldn't find work. So I asked myself, how can I get paid to do what I love? And I was on the beach. And (laughs) now looking back, I realized I had mental health struggles all along. Like they probably got exacerbated after graduation. Um, And I was just miserable with less than $10 in my bank account. And I was at the beach and I prayed to God. I prayed to the water. I prayed to everything out there. How can I get paid to do what I love? And then I came up with this idea. Um, this voice in my head said, why not see weddings as art exhibitions? So I started uh, this event planning company called Creative Unions Event Design, where I started curating um, weddings and art exhibitions. And then a bunch of artists started asking me, how did you do that? How did you start a company? And then this voice came back into my head again and said, coach, become a coach. So um, I hired my first coach in 2018, and within two weeks, I started one of the fastest growing artist coaching businesses out there. Um, There's a lot of artist coaches, but I think my growth was just so, so quick because in my first month, I had like probably almost 20 clients. From there, I coached within two years over 300 artists all around the world. So what made my coaching business different, and I think what made it successful is one, I shared my personal story as much as I could online. And I shared that I was not just a business coach, but also a life and business coach who focused on emotional intelligence. So working with my clients looked like this, asking them, okay, what's, what's the struggle with money? What were your first traumas associated with money? How does that affect your ability to receive money? Um, How did your childhood upbringing affect your ability to run a business? 
you know, what other traumas happened in there. So a lot of artists started to talk to me about their traumas. And then I became known as this trauma sensitive life and business coach for artists. And then artist coaches, because artist coaches started to come to me and they're like, how did you get so many artist clients? Because the stereotypical argument out there is that artists can't afford coaching. They can't afford much. So artist coaches were looking at me like, how did you get so many artists to sign up? Um, So then I started to train artist coaches in this directory that I called the new MFA. And uh, I trained a bunch of artist coaches in our network, which, you know, many of them. And then um, this is where the mental health comes in. So I was at the peak of my multi six figure business. And you would think that making over 250 grand a year would make you happy. But I wasn't. I was still empty inside. And I was just working every single day, Victoria, like I was burning out because I had so many clients in so many different programs. And then, um, I was told that I should see a psychiatrist. So then I went and I saw a psychiatrist and I was diagnosed with bipolar disorder too. And that's when everything changed for me. Everything changed, including the business. So I decided to pivot and build the mental wealth network after I took a long break to really reevaluate my life because getting a diagnosis is life changing. (laughs) You start to look back at everything that you've done, everything, all your past memories, and you start to replay them and ask yourself, when did this start? When did this come about? Was this always a part of me or not? And then I realized, yes, bipolar disorder was there from the moment I started my first business, Creative Unions Event Design, because I remember starting that business and having, oh my gosh, this is the first time I'm sharing this with the public. Okay. So my first hypomanic episode happened when I was building Creative Unions event design and I was working in a cafe and um, for some reason, you know, the grandiosity that comes with bipolar disorder too, which makes many of us entrepreneurs successful AF, right? (laughs) The grandiosity alone, like we need grandiosity to have multi six-figure, seven-figure businesses, right? So I had that grandiosity in a cafe thinking I should have been Beyonce's wedding planner. I love the ambition too. (laughs) I was pacing around in circles, drawing on napkins, thinking I should have been Beyonce's wedding planner because um, her and Jay-Z just came out with a music video for a song. I forgot the name of the song, but they, um, it looked like they were like performing a wedding at the Louvre Museum. And I just went nuts and literally insane. And I built the business. And that's that was my first sign of bipolar disorder too. So the reason why I want to share that, and I feel so vulnerable sharing it because it's the first time I'm saying it in public, is that business exacerbates our mental health symptoms if we have a mental illness. That's something that we need to talk about because 
Uh, seven, so recent studies show that 72% of entrepreneurs are directly or indirectly affected by mental health struggles. So if your listeners are listening to this right now and they are taking medication or they have a mental illness or they're dealing with the typical mental health struggles that come with being an entrepreneur, the high highs and the low lows, you are not alone. Yeah. And I think it's such an important message, Michelle, to share. And I just want to say that thank you. Thank you so much for being so open and vulnerable with us and sharing your journey and sharing something that you've never publicly shared before. And you know, learning about your diagnosis and and looking back and, and thinking about when it first started and kind of reevaluating where you're at and pivoting your business. And it takes so much courage and it takes so much strength to face your mental illness head on in that way and change your life to adapt to it and and to think about what is ultimately going to be the best thing for you. And, you know, I've shared with you that one thing I've been following you for a long time. And one thing I always really appreciated about your posts when I would hop onto an Instagram live that you were leading was your openness. And I think that that is how you, you know, attracted so many clients early on is because you were just like bold and out there and unapologetically yourself and talking about things that not a lot of people were talking about. You know, I shared with you that I just recently started to open up about my journey with anxiety and taking medication, taking antidepressants to help with that for many years now. And it can feel really, uh, really scary because you wonder if it's going to alter people's perception of you. You, you, you. There's so many things that come up when you think about even sharing that information openly with the public. So your bravery around this and your just the way that you are talking about it so openly is setting such a great example. It's a, it's a really necessary conversation right now. Uh, and I want to thank you for that. Thank you, Victoria. And I want to thank you for sharing about your mental health struggles with your community because that makes you a leader. Yeah. If we're not talking about these things, then we're, we're adding fire to the stigma. And we need to break down those barriers and break down the stigma because there's nothing wrong with talking about what makes us human behind our businesses. And what makes us human is having mental health struggles. I mean, 72%. I remember reading that statistic in one of your recent posts and I was kind of floored because of how, how high that number is, but I also wasn't surprised at all. You know, it was like, Oh yeah, that makes a lot of sense. It's just so important that we talk about it for so many reasons because I think one of the the hardest parts for me and I think many others of suffering from anxiety or for some people it's depression or bipolar, whatever it might be, is feeling alone in it and feeling, we tend to have this idea, I know that I have felt like this for so long, that everyone around us is fine and like there's something wrong with us. And then the more you have these conversations openly with fellow entrepreneurs or just like friends, like people who also struggle with similar things, you're like, oh, wait, I'm not alone. This is actually incredibly common. And there's a comfort in that. There's, you know, it's like we start to normalize it and we start to realize that we don't have to feel ashamed. Um, There's not anything wrong with us. You know, we can't control these things. That's why it's so important that we talk about 
our routines and how we maintain our mental illnesses and mental health struggles. Because I notice that when I don't work out or I don't eat healthy or I'm not spending quality time with my boyfriend, my mental health symptoms get exacerbated. Like earlier this week, I experienced like a mini depressive episode. Thank God it didn't last longer than two days because I wasn't working out and I wasn't eating healthy this week. Yeah. And paying attention, paying attention to those signs early on, like you're saying, so that it doesn't turn into something that is starts to become out of our out of our control or it gets so big to where it sort of spirals into something else. Right. And when that happens, our businesses get affected. So it's this vicious cycle of trying to prevent the mental health struggles, but then also experiencing them to the point that they they affect our businesses. So this is why I encourage every entrepreneur to not only have an emergency fund mm-hmm. and a vacation fund, but to have the third fund, which is the mental health fund. So it's money set aside in case you just can't run the business. It's money for your assistant to run the business without you if you're having mental health struggles or depressive episode that lasts weeks or months. And I love that advice. It's something that I haven't even really thought about, you know, having specific designated funds for those types of things. But I love that strategy. And I know that these are all things you're going to be talking more about in and and teaching about in the Mental Wealth Network. So I want to ask you, you took a break because I noticed I had not seen your posts on social media. I could tell that you were taking a break earlier this year. How did that break that you took enable you to kind of get clarity or just recharge to start your company? And where are you at right now with the Mental Wealth Network? So um, after I got diagnosed with bipolar disorder too, I slowly introduced this concept called mental wealth to my community. And I did some business coaching under mental wealth, the mental wealth brand. Um, I did business challenges. And then um, I tried to do this launch of the mental wealth network and launch like a blog and, and all this stuff. But then I realized that when I launched it, I would say a year ago, I experienced hypomania followed by a really like bad crash right after. And that's when I got off social media because the crash actually affected my relationship with my boyfriend, like really bad. And um, I didn't have an exit strategy for social media. I didn't tell people like, hey, I need to go because I have mental health problems. I just disappeared. And people were worried about me. I was getting messages and I couldn't even have the energy to reply to the messages. So I just left for a whole year and I I had to stop business. I stopped taking in new clients. I just got a huge painful payment from a one-on-one coaching client that thank God helped me to recuperate. And then I took time off for a year to gain clarity on what the mental wealth network was because my hypomania was still affecting the way I did business. 
So hypomania tells me you should have a blog and a YouTube channel and this and that and this and this and that. And that's too much for someone with bipolar disorder. It's just too much. So my advice to anyone who's listening, who's managing a mental illness is to keep it simple. Keep your business as simple as possible so that you have a workload that you can tolerate. So during that break, I realized that I didn't want a blog because blogging can trigger hypomania within me. I decided instead of a blog that I would just have a newsletter, which is kind of like a blog, but it's just, there's less pressure because there's not as many eyes on the blog, right? On the newsletter. So I decided, I, I just like restructured everything. So uh, the, the new structure is, okay, I'm marketing with the newsletter, Instagram slash Facebook, and I'm only going to offer a membership and summer wellness retreats. And that's it. So the business got really simple. That's what I'm doing now. So the Mental Health Network, what we're doing is we're trying to raise awareness about mental health struggles amongst entrepreneurs. We promote that study that Dr. Michael Freeman did um, about the 72% of entrepreneurs dealing with mental health struggles. And what we want to do is create a private support group slash membership called the Mental Wealth Network, where entrepreneurs who are managing a mental illness or managing normal mental health struggles can come and support each other's mental health in a private Facebook group. There will be monthly workshops focused on mental health led by me. Some of the workshops that we have ready for the first three months of the membership uh, include expanding your money mindset, how to make more money without sacrificing your mental health. The second workshop will be about how to overcome overwhelm. And the third workshop will be about overcoming the traumas that we experience within our businesses which is not really talked about at all. No one talks about the traumas that happen inside of our business. Usually when we think of trauma, we think of, you know, something family related, something personal outside of business, but we're not talking about the traumas that us entrepreneurs face within our businesses. Traumas that can include financial traumas, losing money, team members, right? Being uh, disrupting or affecting your mental health or uh, traumatic experiences with with a bad coach. So um, those are the three workshops that we're going to offer in the first three months. Um, there's going to be summer wellness retreats. So right now I'm offering uh, VIP one-on-one summer wellness retreats for more experienced entrepreneurs that want to pivot, rebrand, or restructure their business so that their new business doesn't exacerbate their mental health symptoms so much and helps them to prioritize their mental health. And then I'm going to do an annual group wellness retreat for entrepreneurs um, to come together to Miami, Florida and just recuperate and rejuvenate together. That's amazing. It's amazing because it's, it's taking it a step further from just talking about it and having a conversation about it openly, which I think is always the first step, but then you've actually created something now that is going to really support entrepreneurs who are dealing with these mental health issues and illnesses. And that is, I think, going to be so, so powerful. I honestly haven't heard of anything like it. I haven't seen anything like it. It's it's so unique, but I think it's going to change the lives of so many people 
And I'm so excited to be a part of it. Um, I can't wait to join. (laughs) I'm already looking forward to it. But it's amazing. And you know what, Michelle, you shared something that it's interesting. I'm hearing this for the second time in 24 hours. I feel like this might be the universe sending me a little bit of a message because my, so my father who has built many very, very successful businesses, I bring him into my group program to, as a guest speaker, every time I lead my group program and he does a workshop with the artists in there. But he said last night to our group, if you take one thing away from this workshop, it's that when you are starting a business, any kind of business, whether you're an entrepreneur, whether you are an artist starting your art business, keep it simple. Don't overcomplicate it. And then you just reiterated that. And I mean, I think I am the kind of person that is very much like, let's do this and let's go big or go home and let's do all the things. Like I have so many, like many entrepreneurs, I have so many ideas. I get so excited. I want to go, go, go. And I think you just have to remember sometimes to dial it back because it's actually more effective, I think, to focus on a few core components that that are going to bring real value to the work you're doing than so many things to where you start to feel stretched thin. It's like, I was just listening to this interview with Michelle Obama who said, you know, don't go broad, go deep. And I think that's also connected to this. And it's really powerful and an important reminder. Yeah. So, you know, when I say keep it simple, you can either have just one offer that you scale and you focus on because what you focus on grows. Or if you're multi-passionate like me, you can have three different offers. Yeah. I have three. The, the offers I just told you are my my membership, my summer, my annual group summer wellness retreat, and then my VIP one-on-one retreats. That's three. So what I advise entrepreneurs to have, especially coaches and mentors and educators like you, is to have your three offers, your gold offer, which is your highest touch, most expensive offer, your silver offer, which is your medium priced offer, and then your bronze offer, which is your cheapest offer. And in that way, you you have products that serve all different types of socioeconomic statuses. Because not everyone can afford a VIP one-on-one retreat. My VIP one-on-one retreats are 6500 Then um, my summer wellness, my annual summer wellness retreat is 3000 And then the membership is going to be $72 a month. Three price points serve different types of people in different aspects of their journey. So do you have your three offers? Yeah, I do. I do. I have... Um... I have the one-on-one mentorship, which is my highest ticket item. And then I do uh, my group program, which is sort of in the middle. And then I do, um, and then I do workshops and I don't do as many workshops. And this is sort of in line with what we're talking about. I had to kind of hone it down because I was teaching so many, you know, a workshop about selling your art, a workshop about email marketing, a workshop about uh, writing your artist statement. And actually, I got really clear. I think one thing that I really appreciate that you are kind of talking about without saying it directly is being really intuitive as well with your business. And I know that's something that is really important to you and at the heart of what you're doing. I had to get really quiet and think, okay, I love teaching the workshops and I am such an educator at heart, 
but I can't teach five or six different workshops, which is how many I had at the time. I think I was like developing my sixth workshop and I was like, this is too much. What's the one workshop that I love teaching? And it was the writing workshop, writing your artist statement and bio. And I revamped it. I reworked it. And now I'm excited when I teach it instead of feeling burnt out. And I don't teach it as often. So I do have those three offers. And I think it's important for like artists as well, you know, when they're selling their work, thinking about uh, those three levels. But it's it's important to be really intuitive. And sometimes I cut things out of my business that might actually be making me some money, but I'm not feeling aligned with, you know? And that's right. important too. It's like, yeah, I could be making you know, some, some good cash from this, whatever it might be, but uh, my heart's not in it. And so there's no point. I'd rather put my energy and my heart into another part of my business and help that to grow. And I think a lot of this, what I have come to realize comes down to almost like constant self-reflection, like real self-reflection. Like what is feeling good to me? What is feeling aligned? Where is the value? Because I have experienced uh, not extreme burnout since launching VAC, but I had about a 10-day period in the fall, last fall, where I was working with the most clients in my one-on-one program that I had ever worked with. And I was doing so many other things too. And I was so fatigued, Michelle. I would it was this bizarre sort of phenomenon where I wasn't feeling super stressed out. I wasn't feeling burnt out, but like I couldn't make it to the end of my block without having to take a break and sit down. Like I was so, I would find that when I would get up and I would physically try to go for a walk, I was like exhausted. And looking back, I can clearly see that that 10 day period was a period of, of fatigue you know, and uh, I think what you said about paying attention to these early signs is really important and to take action before it gets to that point. Definitely, because, you know, mental health is not something that you work on when it's bad. Yeah. Mental health is what you work on all the time because everyone has mental health all the time, right? So you have to maintain it. I'm going to bring up Liz Gilbert again, who I bring up. It's almost a running joke at this point. I bring her up almost every episode in some capacity. But I listened to an interview with her and she said, and it's an, inter, you know, um, and there's, there's something else I want to chat with you about. I don't want to forget because it's all connected, which is having your strategies. But Liz Gilbert was in this interview and I, I thought she was just going to talk about, you know, her amazing book, Big Magic, and I would hear all the great things. She spoke with the person interviewing her and said that her real full-time job is not a writer, it's managing her mental health. And that's what she focuses on all day, every day. She's like, that's my full-time job, making sure that my mental health is in check. And I'm focusing on that all day, every day. And I remember hearing that and just feeling so not alone, feeling more connected, feeling I felt empowered when I heard that. And I know something you shared recently, I believe it was on social media, was having your strategies, which is something that I also came up with a couple years ago. So when you're having that really hard day, for me, it's a, it's a, a very anxious day, which tends to hit a few times a month where it's like, I just have extreme anxiety. I, I, 
I'm not always the best about not working on those days. I but I have strategies, like five strategies that I draw upon immediately when I wake up and I feel the anxiety just hit like a ton of bricks. And I get to those strategies like ASAP. <laughs> and it's like, okay, get the CBD. Um, you know, take take my <laughs> take my CBD. Some, usually before I even take eat breakfast is like the first thing I'll do on those days. Um, stretch, get into my body, go for a 15 minute walk, drink a lot of water, skip the caffeine. Like I have it down now to a routine, but I think something that is important to remember is that it doesn't fix everything. Like those strategies don't fix, you know, it's not like I'm suddenly back to quote unquote normal after I implement them, but if they get me to a point where I'm a little bit calmer and I'm not spinning out anymore. And, and so I'm curious to hear, you know, your thoughts, because I know you posted about this recently and just the power of having those strategies in place. Your mental health is um, rooted in, in anxiety. For me, my episode that I need to look out for is depression and hypomania. Thank God my hypomania has been in check. Thank God. Oh my God. Thank God for medications. Like my psychiatrist and I have been doing so great. Like for the past three months, like every time I see her, I'm like, I'm good. And she's like, you're good. Great. (laughs) Um, But for me, when depression hits, I have a go-to list. Actually, I'll pull it out in my phone right now because I can't remember everything. So um, I have a, on my notes, everyone should just go on their phone, write a note down that gives you all the steps. The note is called when I'm depressed, when I'm depressed. And then I have a list of things to do when I'm depressed, which include go to the beach, take a shower, call a friend, talk to my boyfriend, take three deep breaths, text my life coach, stretch, listen to music. I love go for a walk, go to the gym, practice self-compassion, Tell my psychiatrist if symptoms last more than three days, eat a nutritious meal, and ask for support from the Mental Wealth Network, which I haven't built yet, but it's opening this May. (laughs) That's why I want the the network to be there is I want a network of entrepreneurs to have your back when you're having a bad day or when you're having a good day, right? Um, That's what I suggest every entrepreneur does is to have that list of things you need to do when things get bad, but make sure that you're regularly doing those things so that you maintain what is called your baseline. Everyone has a normal baseline where their emotions are in check. um, They're emotionally intelligent. They're self-aware and they're not activating any trauma responses. When you get out of baseline, that's when you start to go low, have your low lows or have your high highs of hypomania or anxiety or whatever mental health symptom you struggle with. So that's, that's my advice for everyone listening is to write that list down and have it handy because we can't remember everything on the list all the time. I couldn't even remember my list. My list. I had to, you know, pull it up and read it out loud. So I love that. And thank you for sharing your strategies because I think those are strategies that so many of us can implement on those hard days. And, you know, when you are dealing with a mental health issue, condition, illness, like 
you don't know what the next day is going to bring. You can have the most amazing day. You know, for me, it might be like a super calm day where everything is just feeling really good and that can change overnight. I've also shared that I have an underlying health condition that really kicks up my anxiety. And so it's very much like, I don't know when that's going to kick up because it all kind of, you know, it's like a domino effect. Um, And so one thing I think that I have learned from having anxiety for so many years is I really don't take a good day for granted. (laughs) Like if I'm having a good day uh, or a good week or a good, you know, couple of weeks, like whatever it is, I'm so grateful, but I tell myself lately when I've had like the last anxious day that I had, I, I really try to remember on those days. It's just, I mean, I, this is going to probably sound super corny, but the analogy works for me, which is it's just like a rainstorm. It's temporary and it will pass. Like the sun is still there. The gray clouds are covering it, but the sun is still there. And I just have to trust. It's like, I just have to take shelter for today and wait for it to kind of pass. But while you're waiting it out, having those strategies are so life-changing and can actually turn. I had an anxious day recently. And by implementing those strategies very, very early on, first thing in the morning, I actually was able to completely turn the day around. And by the evening, I was was fine. I was maybe not 100%, but I was like, good. Like I was in a much better, calmer headspace. I wouldn't have been gotten to that point if I didn't implement those strategies first thing. And I love what you said about not just implementing those strategies on the hard days, but implementing them regularly. And that I think is, I know that's something that I need to work on. And that many of us can start, just start to integrate into our daily life, even in small ways. I think it's really important. Definitely. And I'm so proud of you for implementing those strategies. And I'm just so proud of you for running the Visionary Art Collective while managing those mental health struggles. Like, kudos to you. Oh, thank you, Michelle. I'm, I'm so proud of you. I mean, I remember learning about the mental, uh, the mental Wealth Network when you first started introducing it. And then when you returned from a social media break and you were like, hey, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm focusing on. And here's where I've been for the last year. Just again, like your openness, your bravery, your courage, your strength, you are just so like, I think I said earlier, unapologetically yourself. And I'm so proud of you for that and for what you're building. I know that this is going to be something really, really incredible and life-changing. And I cannot wait like to be a part of it. I'm so excited about it. And you're such a great example. I think as leaders, like we need to be unafraid to put ourselves out there because I think we all need that. You know, we need to see other people doing that to feel safe to do that. And you have just set such a beautiful precedent with that. Wow. I'm receiving it. I'm receiving it, Victoria. Thank you. (laughs) You're so welcome. So Oh my gosh, great things coming up. So tell our listeners, where can they learn more about uh, the Mental Wealth Network, all of the incredible work you're doing? Where can we learn more about it? What opportunities do you have coming up? I know you mentioned a retreat. Um, Tell us all the things. So anyone interested in joining the Mental Wealth Network as a member, you could just visit our website and subscribe to our mailing list at www.mentalwealthnetwork.com. 
wealth.network. You can follow me on Instagram at Michelle I. Gomez. And you can also follow the Mental Wealth Network IG at the Mental Wealth Network, which is brand new. We haven't posted much, but um, I'll start posting once the, the membership is active. We're launching the membership at the end of May. We are doing VIP one-on-one wellness retreats now, early on in the spring and in the summer. And our annual summer group wellness retreat will happen next year. So um, that's, that's everything I have to offer. I'm really excited. And I have a feeling that this business is going to be the biggest business I've ever had. It's going to grow. I, I just know because there's so many entrepreneurs that need that support when it comes to their mental health. Now, I want to remind listeners that I am not a therapist or licensed um, mental health professional. I am a mental wealth mentor, which means that um, I use, uh, I, I do it as like your, I, I guide you as your peer. Okay. And as your peer, I also share my stories um, to mentor others. So um, this is not a replacement for psychiatric um, treatment or therapy. Thank you for clarifying that. And there's this, there's just this vibe of we're all in this together that I get so strongly from you and, and what you're building and this real like community support, which we all need, especially you know, we didn't even really chat about it, but coming out of a pandemic, <laughs> that happened. Oh my God, yes. <laughs> like, I, we need it now more than ever. I think we, we've all felt so disconnected for, for the past few years. And yes, things are just starting to return to normal. But like, that was a lot of tra- like collective trauma that we experienced. And this is such an important thing that you're building and at, at the perfect time. Thank you. Thank you. I can't wait to continue (laughs) following your journey. You are such an incredible leader in every sense of the word. You show up as your true self and, and I just can't wait to see how everything continues to unfold. I have no doubt that it's going to be tremendously successful. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Victoria. I appreciate you. I appreciate all your listeners. And I appreciate that all of you are opening up about mental health at the Visionary Art Collective. Thank you for your leadership. Oh, thank you so much. Really appreciate it and really appreciate you. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you next time. Thank you for tuning in and supporting our platform. To learn more about New Visionary Magazine, head over to visionaryartcollective.com magazine. You can order individual copies on Amazon or subscribe annually to digital issues. We also have opportunities to get featured in the magazine, so be sure to join our newsletter and follow us on Instagram. If you enjoyed this episode, please feel free to leave a review on iTunes or tag us on Instagram. Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.